You got it? Yeah. You seem very quizzical. My brain hurts. <laughs> I I know. I was like, I haven't done this in a while. I wrote these notes uh, weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, And at, so I guess we can talk about this in the pod, too, or we can talk about it now. I don't know. I, I'll just cut it out if we don't want it in, if we decide not to want it in. I don't think that this book lends itself to notes or a description of the plot very well at fucking all. Really? I had a really hard time. Really? Yeah. For the for the for the first half or for did you do notes for all of it? Or? I haven't done notes for the second half yet. Me either. But for the first half cuz I felt like the second half is a very distinct book from the first half. Y- yeah. Like they, they are, mesh well together, but it's yeah. like a different vibe. Yeah. I get, I get you. And so I'm interested I was, though, because I I didn't I didn't I feel like I had a great time taking notes. I I love the I like I I love it, but I I just was like, oh, is it because it's like, I don't know, going between like her dreams and reality or yeah, because I I thought it was this like very like it was almost like um, this is the only way I can describe it is it it felt like this like it was like a memory uh-huh. present dream drop it into memory present. Dream oh, drop into memory. Okay. And as it's moving forward, it like yeah. all connects, but it's like looping back on itself. Okay. Over and over. And I just had a hard time. I was like, well, do I address the dream? Do I address the memory? Do I address the present? That's, no, okay, okay. Now that you say it like that, I totally I totally get will get what you're saying. Cause when she starts having dreams that are memories, I definitely am like, wait, is it a dream? Is it a memory? Is it both? I mean it's both, but it, Yeah, and it, then it, it's weird to talk about. Yeah, and like to describe like why she's feeling this way she like has a memory of something Mm -hmm. and then it flows into the present which then quickly like shifts into a dream which then like she has to explain with a memory oh maybe you were just paying better attention than i was i was like we're in a dream (laughs) (laughs) or or i'm just i i don't know but i had a very hard time writing notes and i just i don't have very many because i oh okay what to do okay great i feel like i have a lot less than i than i normally do um but I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Hell yeah. Uh, so, hey, everyone. Uh, this is Tiny Shed Book Club. You forgot about it. We forgot about it. It's been a long time. It's been <laughs> a couple weeks. Whoops. <laughs> um, but I'm Tia, and I want Jessica Johns to narrate my life. Oh. Her writing is fucking amazing. It is. I love her writing. She she does write really well, and it's really, like, I don't know if like, poetic's not the right word, but, like... I don't know. Like, how would you describe it? It feels like the best, like, bedtime story. Like, if someone was, like, saying this story to you while you were, like, getting ready. I don't know. It's very, like, um, comforting, almost. Or, like, I feel like... I feel like maybe Jessica Johns just has a lot of empathy or something. Mm Because the way that she describes the family dynamics and how everyone interacts with each other it feels more real to me than like maybe some of the other books we've read Mm -hmm. like she does a good job of like connecting things yeah and i think that her um like her metaphors are spot on Mm. they don't feel like jarring it feels very like seamless and like just really good storytelling sure so i really like her writing cool cool well i'm chandler and um we're gonna find out how much i remember from this book because again we read this (laughs) weeks ago so sorry if i miss misspoke miss what's the like 
future tense if i misspeak yeah okay sorry if i misspeak <laughs> clearly not an english major <laughs> i was like what <laughs> no i'm just struggling with words <laughs> um but yeah so this is part one of bad cree by jessica johns um and we did pages one through do you remember yeah somewhere got, in the middle like 130 134 is where yeah. we stopped perfect um boop 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 yeah, uh, so let's kind of get started. Um, as we were, Chandler and I were talking about, I'm not entirely sure how to describe the plot of this book <laughs> as the past and present and memory are very intertwined, which is also very, feels like very native storytelling mm, to me. Like, okay. They're all intertwined. They're all the same and informing each other. Um, so, uh We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll just uh, try it out. and Yeah, we're going to try. If we fall on our face, <laughs> we fall on our face. Um, so we first meet the main character, uh, Mackenzie, after she's having a dream about her sister, who's in this kind of like winter-ish wood, mm -hmm. um, and she's screaming and covered in crows in the woods. So her sister is kind of like laying prone on the ground, and she's covered in crows that are like pecking at her, mm -hmm. and she's screaming, and Mackenzie runs to her sister to try and like get the crows off, and she ends up like grabbing a crow in the dream and like yeah. breaking off its head. Oh, so brutal. Um, And when she wakes up, up she has the dead crow in, in her, her hand. hand so like she brings back this crow with her um so right off the bat we get like it's the book starts out very unsettling i love that i was like give me the spook yeah it's spook as mm -hmm. fuck <laughs> Dude, this bu this book, I'm going to have to reread it because uh -huh. I was my heart was beating so <gasps> fast and I was so stressed out that I was like reading at breakneck speed trying to figure out what oh would happen next. Oh my gosh. And I think I missed like a shit ton. Oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm okay. I and you and I, we don't typically do this just but just the way our schedules worked out, you and I ended up reading the whole book, but we're uh -huh. still going to do this in two parts. But with that being said, um because I know what happens in the like latter half of the book i feel like i was like super spooked out in the first half and then uh -huh. the second half it tapered off and like we can talk about my feelings on that like next episode yeah mm -hmm. but, i would agree yeah but it was um i really liked all the like crows and how they're like kind of like creepy and they start following her anyways i'm getting ahead of myself but yeah but as you mentioned so when she wakes up and she starts kind of like going about her life um, she's followed by these like huge flocks of crows mm -hmm. um, and she's like really unnerved. Um, but we learn that Mackenzie lives in Vancouver, British Columbia and works at a Whole Foods with her friend uh, Jolie, who is uh, Squamish mm -hmm. and whose mom is friends with Mackenzie's mom. And Mackenzie is obviously Cree. Yeah. Um, that's her tribe. And Jolie's tribe is the Squamish tribe. Um, so, we kind of get the feeling that Mackenzie lives this kind of like um, almost like quintessential early 20s life, like it's in a shitty apartment. She's barely feeding herself. Her apartment is like there's water dripping in through the roof. Um, it's what I imagine <laughs> lots of like 20 year olds living their life as like not like 
not really taking good care of themselves, but enough that they can like pay the rent. But their yeah. house is like kind of dirty, and yeah, but yeah, she's like got a good friend Jolie, and they hang out sometimes. <laughs> yeah, just like, like barely hanging on. Yeah, yeah, she's like on a wish and a prayer. Just <laughs> yeah, living in a big city that's expensive, mm-hmm. and you know, a tiny hole in the wall apartment where the roof is leaking. Um, and we learn that. Um, Mackenzie's sister, the one who was in her dream, Sabrina, um, died a couple years before, like one year before or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that Mackenzie left home before her sister died. Yeah. Um, after her grandma passed away. So when Mackenzie's grandma passed, yeah. uh, Mackenzie couldn't really handle the, the grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she left um, her family in, I think... High Prairie. High Prairie, which I think is in Alberta. Okay, I didn't um, look it up or anything. But, uh, so Mackenzie left before her sister died, and when her sister died, she didn't go back for the funeral. Yeah. Um. So we are kind of learning that Mackenzie is pretty disconnected from her family. Like, she hasn't talked to her mom since she left. Um, she doesn't talk to like, her aunties. She's kind of, like, isolating herself, and that's how she's dealing with, like, these super traumatic deaths in her family. Yes, exactly. Um, and Mackenzie, when she goes to work, she's telling Jolie kind of, like, what happened. In her dreams? Yeah, yeah in yeah. her dreams. And she's like, yo, I had this crazy dream. I've been having a lot of these dreams lately. Um, and Jolie is like, yo, you need to call your mom and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mackenzie's like, I'm not going to call my mom, and I really don't want to co- go home. And Jolie's like, well, then call an auntie at least. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to talk to somebody, because, like, this dream shit ain't okay. Yeah. Um. So Mackenzie feels kind of pressured pressured but she ends up calling her auntie doreen i think is the one that she calls i so there's two there's verna and doreen and i just didn't keep track at all of who was who i was like they're the aunties i think auntie doreen is the one who doesn't i mean this is getting ahead but auntie doreen is the one who doesn't dream okay and verna is the one that does that sounds right and so she calls doreen like while doreen's at a bingo night. Yeah. And Doreen's like, like, why the fuck are you calling me? You know Monday is big no- bingo night. And Mackenzie's like, oh, shit, I'll call you back later. But Doreen knows that something's, like, pretty serious because mm-hmm. she knows not to call on bingo night. Right. Um, And she tells her auntie kind of, like, vaguely about these dreams. And her auntie's like, well, I'm not a dream oracle, but, like, <laughs> I think you should come home. Um, And... Mackenzie's still pretty shaky on it, but she keeps having these dreams that are both like um, simultaneously a horror movie as well as like recollections of her past. Yeah. So like after her grandmother died, her and her sisters and her cousin like went to this like party on a lake mm-hmm. in their hometown. And as they were walking back, like something happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. And as we go through the story, we learn more and more and more about what happened at this like woods yeah um but these dreams end up getting like more and more dangerous so like the second time she's in the dream and she sees her sister um you know stuff happens and then at one point she's in the lake Mm -hmm. with her sister and she ends up literally almost drowning yeah so like in her dream she almost drowns and when she wakes up she like is like vomiting the lake water yeah 
and uh, she ends up dreaming on a walk. She like is walking around oh, and then yeah. it's like it's raining and she just kind of like sits down next to Ew. this tree and then like immediately starts dreaming and she almost drowns and then her phone is waterlogged and then Jolie calls her in a panic and is like, why does it say you're in Alberta right now? And uh, Mackenzie's like, what do you mean? And she's like, your phone is telling me that you're in Alberta and it's right. like dead center in over this, a lake. In this lake. Oh, and that it, part, that part got me so good. So, oh my God. I was so scared. I was like, <laughs> like, I'm just imagining this as a movie and like, that would just be like a <gasps> moment. Yes. It was so good. Ter- it, uh, it terrified me. It's and just-, just to add to this, like a little bit beforehand, Mackenzie realizes that all these dreams that she's having are taking place at the lake. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like the lake that her family grew up on. They went camping and fishing, and she has, like, many, many memories at this lake of her grandma Mm -hmm. and aunties, and them just, like, having this, like, fantastic time, and they did hiking on all these trails. Um, And this is the lake that, like, keeps coming back and coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead. And what's interesting is that Mackenzie knows that the memory that is kind of interconnecting with this like horror, these horror dreams happened in the summer. However, everything Mm. that is happening in her dreams is Mm. like winter. There's snow, there's ice. And she Mm. keeps like mentioning over and over again, like all the ice and the frost and the snow and the, because she like is freezing and she right. tries to like wear like winter clothes when <laughs> to she bed. goes into the dreams because she like one the first time she goes in the dream she was sleeping naked and then she like ended in her up dream in- <laughs> she was like naked freezing yeah so she's like now every time she dreams she like has more and more she like, like is opening the windows and like putting her puffer jacket on exactly. like so she's ready for this like wintry escape um and so base after she almost drowns in her dream she realizes at this point that she she needs to go home yeah um, so she packs her bags and she flies t- home to High Prairie, um, where she's surrounded by her family, like her mom, her aunties, her uncles, her cousins, her dad, like mm-hmm. everybody in her family is still in High Prairie. And so they're, she's surrounded by family, but she's constantly reminded of the loss of both her sister and her Kokuum, which is her grandma. And I think Kokuum is just kind of a general term for elder because she refers to a lot of older people as Kokuum. But yeah. when she just says Kokuum, that means her grandma. Her grandma. When she yeah. says like Kokuum Lydia, I yeah. think that means like elder Lydia. Yeah. Okay. That's That makes sense because that's kind of how I interpreted it as well. Okay. Um, and I think Kokuum is, a, is, a, is obviously a Cree uh, word. Mm-hmm. Um, but... She kind of mentions over and over that things changed so much after her Kokuum died that that's why she had to leave and that frequently she is surrounded by love, but she feels like she's the outs on the outside of it, like watching mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, which really bothers her and also makes her kind of like grumpy and a little pissy, Yeah, um, which, you know, I think is kind of typical for like 20, yeah. young 20s, like the world still revolves around me and I'm angry that no one's paying attention to me. Exactly. And yeah. that you don't really know how to like accept all all the love yet because you're still you're like barely an adult and you've just passed childhood so you're like oh it's a good point you're in a weird place between like being very dependent on your mm -hmm. parents and your family and having that support and transitioning into um being independent and like living your own life and yeah and seeing other people like care for people other than you Mm mm-hmm um, so Mackenzie is definitely feeling very, um, 
un- kind of unsettled to be home. She's like happy to be around her family, um, but she doesn't feel very like settled. Um, sorry, I'm getting a phone call and go away. Um, Was it spam? Yeah, it's the Red Cross. What? Yeah, they call me constantly. They're like, Why? give us your blood. And I'm like, oh, is it like real? Like the actual Red Cross is calling you? Yeah. They call me like, can you just like tell them to not call you? Like, can you just like, I probably could. Like unsubscribe? <laughs> unsubscribe. <laughs> I unsubscribe from the Red Cross. <laughs> I need to just go and give blood more, but. Or that. I just, <laughs> They're just going to keep calling you if you keep encouraging them to you like that. They no. call me like six times a month. What? Yeah. I've literally never been called by the Red Cross. They call, I think it's because my blood type is like one oh, of the like universal you special? things. Oh, so you're like, special. It can go to a lot of people. My blood can go to every, <laughs> like, uh, to people. But yeah, they call me all the have fucking you, time. Have you given blood before? Sorry, I'm... Once. <laughs> oh, okay. And then they were like, like please, please come back. <laughs> and I think we love you. I think it was like four years ago that I gave blood and they call um, me six times a month for four years. Girl, you have either got to go in or unsubscribe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just sit there and I'm like, Arr. and then five minutes uh, later I forget. And then they call me and I'm like, <laughs> that's very, that, that is exactly what I would do too. <laughs> Not very good at this whole adult thing. <laughs> yes, you are. We just get to pick and choose which things we're good at. Like I'm not very good at car things. And Aaron, Aaron and I have had to like figure that out because I literally had to go to the DMV today. One of the reasons why I took today off to, um, get my name changed on, on uh, the title for the truck. Oh um, yeah. Cause my last name right changed. And, uh, I was like, Oh, I wonder where the title is. I'm just like, <laughs> Fuck, I should be better. I, I found it. Like, I put all my important things, like, generally in a, in a certain place. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm like, I should know. Like, there should be no question in my head to where I keep the title to my car. Like, why is this? A, like, I need to adult better. Yeah, I do that, too. I have panic moments where I'm like, where's my birth certificate? <laughs> my social security card. I must have burned it. I'm like, yeah. Well, because, like, I'll have these moments where I pick it up and I'm doing something with it. And then my mm-hmm. brain will delete everything after a certain point, And mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. I'm like, did I put it away? Did I throw it out a window? Who knows? I know. I love how your brain just always, like, goes to things like that. Like, have you ever walked out of, like, a grocery store or something? And you're like, did I hide a TV in my pants? Like, is, am I going to set the alarm <laughs> off? You know what I mean? You're like, did I do something bad? It's like, when, every time we drive through California on the way to Reno, they're like, do you oh, have yeah. fruit? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Did I put fruit in the car? And Robert's like, no. And I was like, well, I don't know. What if we did? <laughs> He's like, you're so cute. I always, we always, we always have snacks. So Aaron's always like, hide the fruit. We just like take a sweater and throw it over our like 10 cuties. 10 cuties. You have to buy a whole bag. I mean, might as well bring the whole bag with you. I'm sorry. That was way longer than that needed to be. No worry. Um, oh, okay. So she's at home. She's feeling weird. Um, boop, 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 Um, for a second, Mackenzie thinks that her dreams have stopped, but they she don't. also she was also like they didn't happen for like two nights, and she's like I must be cured. I, she does this whole like I don't want anyone to worry about me, uh-huh. and I don't want to like be a burden to anyone, so mm-hmm. I am just gonna act like everything's fine, which is like well now you're just making it worse. Yeah, she simultaneously won't tell anybody anything, which isolates her, which makes yeah. her upset that she's isolated. Yeah, which then she's like, but I don't want to be a burden to people and like i feel like the second half really explains like this feeling yes it does much better yeah but so she's kind of she's hiding things from her family about her dreams but she has like two days where she's able to sleep um and she thinks that um the dreams have stopped but they definitely don't 
Um, and they end up getting more intense. And um, the dreams kind of start to hint that something happened to Sabrina, the sister, in the woods after this party. Yeah. Um, she remembers like wa- leaving the party, going to go walk through the woods. And they end up, she's like, oh, I remember like losing Sabrina and her other sister, Tracy. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of starting to remember more and more pieces of um, this night in the woods. Um, and so she ends up continuing to have these dreams and isolating herself, but she ends up going with her mom on kind of like one of their kind of like a hunt. They kind of drive to these old abandoned houses and like dig through the trash and the rubble to see if there's any like treasures that they can take home. Yeah. It's like something they did as like a kid, as kids. It was like a bonding experience for like the mom and the like three daughters. They would like go find an old abandoned house and like go in and find like treasure basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then her mom will like refurbish it. um, Yeah. But also just kind of like keep it at the house. Like it's something they really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And as they go, they kind of end up having this like heart to heart about how Mackenzie's feeling and how the mom is feeling. And they both are like suffering from a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. in multiple different kinds of ways um, that is really holding them back from being able to connect fully with each other or to forgive each other for mistakes that they feel the other one has made. Right. Um, But they have a nice heart to heart chat. That's like the beginning of like opening back up to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as we mentioned, Mackenzie hasn't been home in a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, And then as we start to move in and she starts to explain her dreams to her family more, we learn that multiple members of her family have dreams or visions. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be like a large family trait. Like, yeah, um, Tracy and Sabrina, who are twins, can see each other in their dream. Like, they used to be able to dream together. Yeah. Um, Cassidy has, like, visions of, like, things that could happen that she can prevent. Um, her mom sees... Um, dead relatives come back and talk to her. And then another, um, Auntie Verna Verna, sees like auras, like color. She dreams in like strong colors and they, the colors always like mean something. Yeah. And she says that a lot of times, like when people are good, they're like bright yellow. Mm -hmm. And she looks at Mackenzie and she's like, girl, you are red, red, red. And when I read that, I was like, Oh no. Okay. Another, another one of those moments that I, that I forgot to mention earlier. Um, it was, Okay, so after, it was, like, Mackenzie's, like, you know, earlier dreams of Sabrina, the one where she, like, fell in the lake and, like, was, like, almost drowned. Yeah. Yeah, when she comes back and her phone's being all weird, right, she gets these, like, ominous text messages. Oh, from, like, yes! You remember this? from like Totally an, spaced on that. From, like, an unknown number. I don't remember. I think I have the page number down, so let me, let me grab the book. I think it's, like, 60... Hmm three or 68 i don't know i let me just pull it up oh yeah i did write that down here we go um yeah here it goes a text from an unknown number i'm i'm gonna not um pronounce this correctly uh nahaya walk uh who don't know how to swim should keep away from water and it goes my hands start to shake i look at the area code but it's not one i recognize and i text back wrong number I stare at the speech bubble and feel the heat rise in my face. The pounding starts again in my head as I watch the blue dots come and go. I don't think so. Who is this? You know who this is. You're not listening. 
My stomach drops. Jolie is the only one who knows about my last dream and almost drowning. I know as I type out my reply that it's wrong, but I press send anyways. Tracy? Question mark. The blue dot... Blue dots appear for a little too long and then disappear. After what feels like forever, a message appears. Close. Same womb, different sister. <gasps> so it's like... It, it's like... It, Sabrina. Sabrina is texting her through the, like... I don't know. From the great beyond. From the great beyond. Yeah. Um, But doesn't... It doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if it was her sister, it would be, like, sweeter. Yes. It's like, like, something is very wrong. Yeah, it's like, you need to stay away from the water if you can't swim. Yeah, it's, like, taunting and evil. And at no point in time has Mackenzie ever described... um, Sabrina. Sabrina as, like, evil. She, like, continually mentions that she's very empathetic, very loving. She's very smart, likes likes animals and plants. And Um, every time we see Sabrina in the dreams, she's, like, really gaunt and, like, mm -hmm. has, like, hollow features and, like, dark bags in her eyes. And, like, she's just, like, really, like, skinny and pale and just looks, like, ghastly. Yeah, she looks awful. Um, I'm trying to see if another part is in this section or in the next one. And I can't remember. Um, But yeah, so she gets a text from Sabrina before she ends up going home, Mm -hmm. um, which is part of the reason why she goes home. Um, And then, um, uh, I I can't remember if this is in this section or the next one, but at some point, Jolie tries to call her and she's like, I think I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then the phone garbles and cuts out. And then, Mackenzie is not she texts her and calls her and texts yeah. her and calls her and she's not able to get a hold of her I think that's like the very beginning of the next section okay, my bad but yeah very very close um, um and I I want to mention too that y- you were talking about how she has this like kind of sweet moment with her mom like talking about mm-hmm. all the trauma and stuff she kind of has some similar with Tracy like she and Tracy kind of like beat around the bush for a very long time around um you know their well uh what's her name Mackenzie's like guilt uh-huh. about not being there for for Tracy and for Sabrina's funeral but they're like playing video games and like Tracy's just kind of like playing the game and not really like you know fully engaging mm-hmm. with Mackenzie and Mackenzie's like are you mad that I never came home for Sabrina's funeral um and Mackenzie like apologizes for not being there and is like I wish I could do it differently um you know if I could do it over mm-hmm. and she Tracy was um like I was mad that you left after Cocoam died. You you always just like run from your problems. Yeah. And like you like that's not fair. Like we need, needed you here and we needed, you know, you to be with the family and you to be like supporting as a unit, but you just leave. And so Mackenzie's like, "Well, I'm here now. I'm like trying, I guess." And then yeah. Tracy's like, "You're only here because of your own shit." Like Exactly. Like you come the only reason you came back here yeah. is because you needed something. Like you right. couldn't do it on your own, so you like came back. And so you won't be with us when we need to grieve together, mm-hmm. but you will come and make us like focus on you to fix right. stuff. Right. Um, so there's like some tension, some sibling yeah. tension there for sure. And we learned that um, Tracy at one point was um, addicted to alcohol. Oh, right. Um, and mm-hmm. so she is sober now and she mm-hmm. works with her mom at like a detox center yeah. in 
like just outside of town. Um, but the first section ends with Mackenzie and her mom kind of uh, packing up from the home, the like abandoned house that they're treasure hunting in and heading home. And as they head home, there's three crows sitting mm. in the tree. And at that point I was like, Oh, those three crows are the three sisters. Oh, I did not even, I was like, cool. Three crows. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. Cause as they kept mentioning, it, I was like, I wonder if these crows are like representing you, her and her family. Oh my God. You are so smart. The whole time I was like, these are just creepy crows. They're just <laughs> creepy crows. Yeah. I'm still, still not, whoops. Uh, still not quite as a, um, good at blah, blah, blah. not as good as you are at reading between them lines but, but no wait sorry real quick mm-hmm. I have a correction to make the part where Jolie is like calling her but like it cuts out yeah. and then she can't get a hold of her that is in this section yeah totally, you, you totally got it I completely missed that part of my notes yeah. and cause Jolie is like I think I know what's like what's going on mm-hmm. yeah. and then Mackenzie's like no and did she you, keeps calling did you ever like try to do that as a kid like you're cutting out dad like bye um I don't think so but my sister and I pretended we were like dead a lot that when, like my parents would come in and Brianna and I would be like ah. oh my god that's, <laughs> that's almost worse <laughs> to be like what would you do <laughs> and my, oh my mom god. and dad were like you're like you're not dead yeah <laughs> Like, yeah. I know you're not dead. Like I you can... didn't, you must have not played dead very well. Uh, you're like no. having like your one eye just like peeking oh. open. Yeah, I definitely did not. My sister one time went all out and like put ketchup on and like no way and, like, on the floor all weird. And my mom came in and she was like, she was like, no, you want some mustard to go with that ketchup. <laughs> and Brianna was like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh my god, kids are weird. Dude. Kids are super weird. Um, but. I know that was a really bad um, description of the first half, but I feel like that's pretty much the first half. No, of the no, you did a great job. And I didn't even think about it until you you mentioned it, like how kind of weird it is to think about reality and dreams and then memories that are all kind of circulating within each other. Yeah, because like she's got memories of the lake. Because she has to describe, like, what the lake means to her and her family. Mm-hmm. And then she has to, like, describe her family dynamics and the dream to describe to explain the dreams, which explains the present, which explains, yeah. like, blah, 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 blah. So, it, but it was, this was so unsettling. Yes, that's the perfect word to describe this. Just everything about this first half of this book just felt unsettling as fuck. I flew through this first half. Oh, Yeah. I just, like, could not stop reading. Oh, yeah, because then you and I were texting, and mm-hmm. we weren't able to record um, because it was just timing didn't work out, and you were going to you were gonna go out of town, and we're like, oh, well, we'll just, like, read ahead, right? Like, that's cool, right? That's fine. You and I are probably like, yes, I want to read more. Oh, absolutely. I got on the plane, and I was, like... Demolished. Yeah, it, it was... I, I just love the way she writes and the blending of memory and present and dreams is so effective mm-hmm. in being unsettling and spooky and it it I just really really loved this first half of this book. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. I did think that there was like like one or two just like random things that like did not matter um <laughs> that she put in there like um 
Well, first of all, when when uh, Mackenzie goes back to her family's house and like all the cousins and everyone's there, mm-hmm. it's like her dad is there and is like just such like a like a side character in this whole thing. Yeah, it's like all about the women, which I'm on board for, like the aunties and the mom and the Coco mm-hmm. mom. Like that's that hell yeah. But it was just like so funny to me that he was just kind of like and he was there and he was happy and then like we don't speak of him ever again. Totally. And that's something that I kept remarking on in the throughout the whole book is this is a very women centered book. Mm-hmm. And it's very like how um, like women, I feel like native women hold a lot of trauma in their communities, but they also are the ones that like hold the communities together mm-hmm. and they hold the stories. And it, I just I felt like a lot of this book was highlighting a lot of um, native perspective on the world, Mm -hmm. the way that native families work, native trauma. Like there was a lot of hints at all different kinds of trauma to native people. Like they hint at like her mom met a white guy at one of these like houses that they were treasure hunting as kids. And you could tell he was like, he was like harassing her. And because he's a white guy, she's just like standing there like stiff, just waiting for him to leave. Right. Um, they also highlight like missing indigenous women. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I also noted that, that I was like, wow, this is like the men are like one mentioned. They're like, <laughs> yeah. and uncles by, yeah. <laughs> but we don't yeah. know any of their names. Like, all right, I guess not. <laughs> which is, which I thought was, was great. It was just odd. And then to go with that, there was another like really random remark about how, um, Mackenzie's dad is not the same dad as Tracy and Sabrina's dad. Yeah. Like, they have different dads. And I was like, okay, cool. But then it was like, that doesn't matter at all. Not at all. <laughs> Which is fine. I just, I always get confused when I read things like that. I'm like, does it matter? Does it not? Like, what was the point of that? Did the author like mm. have an intention with that? Or they were just like, this will be something like flavorful for my story. Like, yeah, you know totally. What I mean? Like what? Like, I don't know. I always wonder about like what authors choose to like put in and keep out of a book for sake of it just like being there or having mm-hmm. a part like in the story. Totally. So. Yeah, I was definitely like I felt the same way that I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I also wrote down um, that this book is a blend of Firekeeper's Daughter, which is one of my all-time favorite books, and The Only Good Indians. And this is what mm. I was hoping The Only Good Indians would be. Oh. And the, in my opinion, The Only Good Indians did not deliver. Okay. And this is what I was hoping it would. And this one in this first half was delivering. Hell Yeah. Like, I literally was, like, holding my breath <laughs> through pages, being, like... You're clutching your pearls. I was. I was clutching <laughs> dear, my pearls. Dear Lord. Good golly. <laughs> um, and then I just wrote down a, a fuck ton of quotes that I really like. Oh, ooh, read them. Um, so, we got page 29. Pew, pew, pew. Um... Uh, So whenever we passed a trail that opened back to the lake, we'd catch a glimpse of water and count out loud together. One, two, three high prairie minutes. Always do this if you go for a walk, Kokum said. To remember how far you're getting from your campsite, count the trails to the water, remember the minutes. And I love the, like, description of a native perspective on telling time mm-hmm. that like you can't a high prairie minute is like from every time you can see the lake when you're right. walking on the trail and that way you count it mm-hmm. on the way back and i just i just loved that and that beautiful i thought that was imagery. really yeah i thought that was really beautiful too um and then page 33 um oh this one is um 
An Indian dying is like a balsam fir getting chopped down. Trees for miles and miles feel the pain under the soil. They send their reserve nutrients through the root network to the stump, which closes over the bark like a scab. Eventually, the stump turns into a nursery, a home for new growth, for something else to take shape. This isn't the same as healing or being reborn, but it's the closest we'll ever get. Um, but there was no comfort when Kokuam died. Died. Family came in from everywhere trying to give us their strength, and it still never felt like enough. Mm. And I just, I loved the imagery of that and that mm -hmm. the resilience of Native communities, um, like sending their strength and their love yeah. to each other mm -hmm. to support the network. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was really beautiful. Page 43. Um, oh, I worry that this place, the solitude of my life in this apartment, in this city, has turned my memories monstrous. That loneliness can make once beautiful things terrifying. Mm. Ooh. Damn. I was like, I feel like that's one that like so many people can relate to. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right? I read that. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. Like, that, I know that feeling. Yeah. That's <sighs> like a like depression and alone in a new city. Mm -hmm. um, and then 62. Um Dude, right? 62? Okay. Um, I don't mean in the dreams. I mean in this world. Be careful who you tell. My grandma told me once about my uncle who started having visions. Jolie's eyes traced the ceiling, seeing something other than my apartment. He told the wrong people, got taken away from his family, locked up in white rooms. I, I stare at them. This place wasn't built to believe us, and white people will try to stamp out anything they don't understand. Jolie's eyes hold mine. What about this memory? I just... Mm. Ugh. The way she like lyrically describes these things was just lyrically. Okay, that's that that was the word that I was searching for earlier. Oh, like it's not okay. like poetic, but like very yeah, like oops, sorry, like lyrical. Some of her like descriptions and stuff. Yeah, um, page seventy one. Um, oh, I love this, um, Auntie. How could Sabrina message me? That can't be real. She scoffs into the phone. Our ancestors and spirits have been speaking to us in a million different ways for thousands of years. You think they would have a hard time figuring out texting? I love that. I love that so much. I just, I was like, yes, that's the perfect way of like looking at our like ancestors and ghosts and spirits. Like, we oh really think that they can't do this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> and as a person who like definitely believes in ghosts and shit, like I, I can totally see like, as technology moves forward, like they have to figure out ways to manipulate it to communicate in different ways. Like, it, it, yeah. And they're like, just like in the spirit world, just chilling around, like watching shit happen. Like yeah. the idea that they can't <laughs> figure out how to send a text message. I just love how she's like, Oh bitch, come on. Yeah, please. You think our ancestors can't figure this shit out. They've been navigating the world for millennia. Yeah. Um, and then I have two more 88. Um, Oh, sorry. For the next half hour, Auntie tells me stories about the lake. I know them all, but like all the stories my family tells, even the old ones are spun new again with each telling. Something always added, changed, like everything is over time. Mm. And I was like, oral, mm -hmm. I, I feel like people don't give enough credit to yes. oral history and how it can like, like solidify old memory by telling it over and over and over again, but adding new life and bits and information that's i have that written down here about the importance of like oral tradition mm -hmm. for many cultures yeah i just i loved that because i was like that's how that's how oral history can help because people at least in archaeology are astounded every time like native tribes are like mm -hmm. yeah there's like 
there's Bridge of the Gods. There used to be an actual like land bridge that crossed at oh, that point. Shit. And native peoples were constantly telling people like, yeah, there was a bridge there and it was created by the gods or by the creator and two different beings. And then there was a great wave that knocked it out mm-hmm. and destroyed it. And we were, Whoa. people were like, no, no, no. And then uh-huh. eventually geologists and archaeologists <gasps> found evidence that Whoa. that was what happened. There was a bridge that got blocked because uh-huh. of the landslide. And then when floods came through, it knocked the thing down Whoa. and the bridge went away. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? That's yeah. And I don't know, just like believing some of the stuff that people tell you because they've it's been told to them and like their grandparents and their grandparents mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And that mm-hmm. Western culture is all about writing it down. Like mm-hmm. if it's not written down, then it's not true. Even yeah. though the way like our shit's all perspective and oh my whoever gosh. wrote it down anyway. Yeah. But Western culture tends to be like, no, how could oral history like have memory? And it's like, yeah. no, it's because of this. Yeah. This is how it has that long, deep memory mm-hmm. is that you remember it every year since you were a child being told you it. Told but this it, story. It changes yeah. and it grows and it grows with you. So you remember and then you tell your children. Mm-hmm. And I just and the way she wrote about it, I thought it was very beautiful. And then page 92, um, oh, when Kokum told me that cousins were our siblings just the same, I already <gasps> knew, just like I knew that our aunties were our parents too. That was, that got me so good. I was just like, that is what I imagine, like, life is like when, like, our friends are having kids and, like, whatever, just, like, being an auntie is like being, like, another parent, right? Yes. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it is, I feel like it's so true that it takes a tribe to, like, raise children, Yes. Right. And it's really cool to have that acknowledged um, Mm -hmm. and really highlighted for for their culture. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like America is very um, I don't know how to describe this, but like a lot of like white families don't necessarily live in like multi-generational like Mm -hmm. houses. You know, it's like very like, oh, you turn 18, you like move away, you start your own life and like maybe you get married and have kids, but like everything is very like siloed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not as like close knit as a lot of other cultures are. Totally. Yeah. We're very like individualistic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That like not relying on the family, like the broader family unit. It's you only like your immediate family. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I too love the idea. And as I grew older, like the idea of having my children have aunties galore. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if I'm related to them or not. Like if like family is not just blood. Right. And that I loved that. Like I, you know that your cousins are your siblings and that your aunties and your uncles are your parents, like your parents. Yeah. It's just like a big family unit and it just feels very cohesive. And I don't know, it feels it feels way better than like what we do in now. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know. Like it does. It's just like much more like community based. Mm-hmm. It feels like, like why wouldn't you want your child to have as much love as they possibly could? Right. And connections with other adults and like building mm-hmm. that trust between like children and adults. Like that is such a difficult thing yeah. for a lot of kids that I see is like their trust in adults. And I'm like, they don't have enough adults in their life that they do trust. So like building that in, like since they're born is like so important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then relieving the pressure off of like the immediate yeah, parents. Yeah. Like having a unit and a mm-hmm. team to be like to help support and raise children cuz right. children are fucking hard. They are. 
And that like you almost kind of realize like we weren't meant to just have like mom and dad raise kids. Right. Like, we were meant to have large L- groups literal, of people. Yeah, raise children together. Yeah. Because oh children are hard and they, although they are lovely, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> they suck and we love them. <laughs> we love you, children. Um, and then do you have any predictions? Um, let me go through this real quick. Yeah. Um, I, we talked about a lot of things that I kind of wanted to hit, like how like the aunties and Coco are all basically like interchangeable, like mothers to, mm-hmm. to all of the like kids. Um, Oh, we talked about the women in the family definitely have some kind of like dream powers or insight with them. Totally. Uh, we talked about oral history and I think at this point when I was reading this book, my only like prediction was that like dream Sabrina is not, Sabrina like something is possessing her Mm -hmm. um there's a quote that dream Sabrina says um it was like oh here it is um you should she's telling this to Mackenzie like you should have come in after me like referring to referring to the memory like you needed to have followed me into the woods um and Mackenzie is like asking her well what happened to you what happened to you in the woods and Dream Sabrina goes, I found the hollow in her body and I see the hollow in you too. Whoa! Yeah. I totally missed it. Oh, that that blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. And that's when I knew that like something was inside of Mackenzie. Um, because it said, I found the hollow in her body, right? Yeah. So like Sabrina's not talking about like me, like herself. She's saying that like I am something different and I am in her body. Yeah. And I see the hollow in you too. And like I'm coming after you. And I was like, ah. So that was my like main prediction is that we're gonna like find out like what is mm-hmm. possessing dream Sabrina, basically. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Do you have anything else? Um, my only predictions were that at this point while reading is that the crows, the number three represented mm. the sisters. Mm-hmm. And that after a while, I started to wonder if the crows were... Because at first I thought they were going after her. Mm-hmm. And then someone mentioned that crows only like gather like this when there's something like a predator is nearby. Mm. Uh, and then I started to wonder if they were like what like watching over her. Oh, like, like kind of looking like a out flock for member. Her? Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Because the way they were describing it, like repeatedly, I was yeah. like, at first I was terrified of them, and I was like, get out of here, you crows. Yeah. And then as I was, I was like, maybe they're not like bad. Maybe yeah. they're there for protection. They have good intentions. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. my second thing is, I was thinking while reading this, based off the snow and a kind of a couple other things, if the if this is a Wendigo um, or a, a Wendigo, it's a spirit yeah. that um, is in native cultures and it's in several and especially that subarctic region where the Cree oh. are. And it's a creature that basically is like cannibalistic. It like Ooh. eats people. Um, and they would believe that, you know, it would happen in the winter months usually that the Wittigo would come and it would oh. um, eat your like cannibalistic and then the person who had the widow would like eat and harm people okay and i can't remember if it's in the subarctic like Cree region there or if it's in the arctic like because there's another spirit that's kind of similar in the arctic region okay and to get it out they would sometimes have to pour water like boiling water down the throat of the person who <gasps> had the widow to like because uh-huh. it's like an ice creature to like right. melt it out did you know this history before reading this book whoa yeah because so I had a teacher in um, college who was talking about 
the um the idea of like mental illness mm-hmm. and that like what western culture would consider like mental illness mm-hmm. has like physical representations in native culture oh and that he was saying that maybe it's not like it's like environmental and all kinds of things that uh-huh. lead to these kinds of mental illness and that the widigo is a like spirit being that causes pain and trauma and all that kind of stuff interesting um and then there's also it sounds really stupid but the show supernatural has in, oh. like one of the first <laughs> seasons has a, a windigo creature in it uh, and so i was just just the based off the things and i i've always been like really interested in that like i feel creature. like i feel like you are very well versed and like have an interest and take um, not take a passion, but take an interest and have passion for like native or indigenous cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always been something I've been very fascinated by mm-hmm. and, um, and then working in it, um, a lot of like respect and, sure. um, admiration for the culture, their culture and, or the cultures multiple. They're not all the same. Yeah. Um, I don't want to sound like a creepy white person that's just like, <laughs> I'm really into like native people. Like, if I don't want it to feel like I'm. No, but no. I, I have always been like very interested in stories and mythology and folklore. Totally. And I love, yeah, I love mythology and folklore. And I specifically love um, native mythology and like worldview. I find yeah. it very fascinating. Yeah. No, you don't, you don't at all sound like a, like a crazy okay, white I was like, I no, really no, hope you I don't really, sound No, like- you really don't because I feel like you take like, effort and care and like respect when you like talk about all this and you are very knowledgeable about all of it so you're not just like i like native people and there were indians and then there were cowboys you know what i mean like you're not okay you're not being, you're not being a dumb bee about it you're being you're being very like respectful and educated so okay. no, i was no, like i don't want to come across like i'm like like you know those people who are like yeah. I, I love africa and they have like all this like african like art but they can't uh-huh. tell you shit about the yeah. country or tribes or anything and like just like i study them and it's like You're no like, they're living breathing people who like, or like the people who like watch anime and they're like i love anime but that's the only thing i love about japanese culture yeah i love japan you're like well, what do you know about it like anime and anime like, oh, yeah. You're like, cool all right glad oh, you enjoyed that you like weird sex stuff <laughs> 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 hey to each their own <laughs> um but yeah that was those are my those are my hell yeah well i'm excited to do the second half in our yeah. next episode so we'll um finish the book which is like 135 mm-hmm. to whatever the end is like 360 something or whatever mm-hmm. um you want to do your fuck yes and fuck yous yeah hell let's yeah. do it okay you go you do your fuck you um my fuck you is um to nail polish Oh, what did nail polish ever do to you, Tia? Um, the fact that I want nail polish that goes on really fast oh, and dries really fast. Yeah, impossible. And doesn't really, like, the chipping is annoying, but, like, uh-huh. the fact that I am a person that the second I put on nail polish, oh, I immediately am like, I should go do everything. Yeah. I need to get well, in the shower. I need to clean. I need and, to do the... <laughs> and the ridiculous thing is it literally, it takes so long for it to completely dry. Yes. You know, like, it'll be, like, a semblance of dry, and you're like, cool, I can do things, and you, like, just barely, like, whisper into your nail, and then you've got, like, a it's dent. Like, you're like, fucking what? Yes. And 
I just, and I'm like, why, why do I only paint my nails when I like want to go do other shit? Why can't I be like watching television and just yeah. want to sit and paint and then that's it? You should get a, um, the UV, the little, the little hand thingies. I have a little mean? baby UV light. Oh, like for like a little thingy at yeah, a time? Like just one thingy. <laughs> and so I need to get a bigger one and then I need to actually buy like gel nail, nail polish. Because so I only yeah. have like nail polish, nail polish. Got it. But like. It just, God, it happens all the time. And I'm just like, paint, paint, paint. I'm going to go do everything now. And then and I'm you mad when nails. it's ruined. And I'm like, <laughs> why is it ruined? <laughs> I literally did that with my toes like the other week. I like painted them and then immediately like fucked up the paint. And I'm like, I don't even know how I did this, but yep. I thought it was dry. Apparently it wasn't. Yeah. I'm not like So I guess mostly a fuck you to me to not being patient enough. <laughs> no, nail polish is dumb. <laughs> Like they, they, we can have iPhones, but we can't have nail polish that dries quickly. Like I don't exactly, silly. and you can't buy the quick dry because it chips immediately. Oh, I've never tried the quick dry. The quick dry, it, it's a scam. It's a scam. She be scamming. Okay, all right. Uh, what's your fuck you? Um, my fuck you is kind of also to myself. I have <laughs> like one million small cuts on me right now. Like, no, okay, not really, but like. I have maybe three or four paper cuts that happened in the last day, all at different times, different things were happening. I literally got a paper cut at at Fred Meyer's today. I was looking at um, Mother's Day cards and I like picked one up or tried to pick one up and cut myself on it. And I have, I have, and I have many others from other instances in the last week. And then I was um, trying to, I was, I was, uh, making this recipe and I had Brussels sprouts in the food processor and I was like, I need to chop those smaller. And so I like put my hand in to grab one of the ones that was like too big. Uh-huh. And I was being careful. I wasn't being, I was like, this is sharp. I'm not going to be a dumbass. I like carefully like try to pick it out. But of course, still, still I somehow nicked myself on it and it doesn't look that bad, but it was like a deep cut and I was oh. like bleeding for a while. Um, so I just have like a million cuts on my hands right now. And it just, it's like so dumb. Cause every time I wash my hands, it hurts. Like, ah! Yeah. And I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your fingies. Oh, that'll be okay. Um, <laughs> what is your fuck? Yeah. Um, Oh crap. What is my fuck? I had a fuck. Yeah. And I was like, this is a good one. And now I don't remember it. I can go first if you want. Yeah, me to go, go ahead. Um, my fuck. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm having a great time right now. I think it's just cause the sun has been out and I've been feeling less like I have seasonal depression or whatever, <laughs> but I've had a lot of fuck. Yeah's, but I'll just pick one. Um, and it will be that soccer season has started up again and it's, amazing we had our first game last night and we did so good and it was so good to see all the girls on the team or sorry all the women on the team and it was just it was it was like brought me to my like that's my happy place Mm -hmm. so fuck yeah to like soccer season starting up again soccer season yeah very excited um i don't i really don't know what my foot I had one, but I'll just, because this is what came to mind. My fuck yeah is that today I took a little uh, nap during work, just like a little snooze in the sun. Not, and <gasps> nice. With both my kittens. Oh. Kumi cuddled up <laughs> under my chin and Yuffie curled up against my feet. And I was just like laying there oh, and so it was cute. just a really wonderful little nap with my little baby kittens. That sounds, that sounds oh, lovely. Oh, that was my fuck yeah is that oh. I went away for a week and I came home and I've had kittens glued to <gasps> I me. I was literally going to ask you. I was... I was I was seriously gonna be like, is it that your cats are really excited to have you home because yes. you were gone for so long? Okay, that- it is. Mm. Like Yuffie has sat on me while I'm watching TV. Like she only oh. really does that for Robert. Uh huh. Um, she's very particular. She's very. She's a daddy's girl through and through. But she's sitting on me. Mm-hmm. I go to bed 
bed and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like covered in mittens and it's just oh I was like, so cute you're like you do love me and it's lasting for <laughs> days normally it's only like two uh-huh. and I'm just like this is amazing I've got mittens Aww. you're like I should leave more often I know. <laughs> <laughs> like Kumi is Oh my gosh, he is so happy I'm home that he is constantly jumping in my lap and on me and he's doing his little panic purr where he's like (laughs) 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 Oh, that must feel nice. Really nice. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, to wrap it up, if y'all would rate and review the podcast, we mm-hmm. would greatly appreciate it. It helps us a ton. Yes, yes. And join us for our next episode where we finish up Bad Cree by Jess- Jessica Johns, right? Yeah. Okay. Jessica Johns, basically the second half of the book from 135 mm-hmm. onward. And don't forget your bookmark and to lock the shed behind you. Bye. 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 Bye.